to the Fragile Heresy podcast, episode number 62. I got it right this time. Yay, me. Um, this is Armored Warfare in the 31st Millennium. This is our primer episode and um, also promotional episode for our Armored Warfare rules and the Fields of Magera, which is, take, is an event taking place very soon. Uh, my name is Jody. I am also known as Painted Chap on the interwebs, and I am your host. And alongside me this evening uh, is one half of my team. On, on the left of me, as he always is, uh, is the, the man, the myth, the editor, the, the, the reality bender, the neo of the Matrix where it comes to this. <laughs> it is Mr. Christopher. How you doing, buddy? Well, it's hot in here. That's basically it. It's a re- been a really, really warm day. Yeah. I had the door closed so people could get to sleep. So yeah, you know so it is. you're baking a little bit. Yeah, no, well, I know exactly well, how it is. Now that uh, we've because uh, because it's a back, bit of background, we've actually recorded the next part of the episode already tonight, <laughs> which is yeah. why, it's, why we're both a bit uh, loopy, I guess. <laughs> and, I'll, I'll, uh, take that, I'll take that as my excuse. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. Luffy, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm really, really stuck for words. That's, really that's good. okay. Well, let, let me jump in and give some words out then. So, before we do anything else, we're going to just give a shout out to our social media. So, we have our Facebook page, which is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, that's tied up to the Varangian Heresy Podcast group. Uh, the fantastic functions of these are seeing all the photos, events, uh, videos, everything that we, we do as a podcast, what we put out as content. And you will be able to uh, make use of that this evening, specifically when we start talking about the armored warfare, because it all ties into a video we already have there. Uh, to sort of have a little uh, listen along, play along, kind of watch other people get rules wrong ep- uh, sort of video there for you. We do have Twitter. Uh, it's at Varangian Heresy, where we just basically shout out when we have our new episodes. We have our Instagram, which is Varangian Heresy. Um, sadly, <laughs> I, I, I dislike, I'm disliking Instagram at the moment because it doesn't seem to like to upload multiple video files when I try and do stuff. It's being silly. <laughs> so I, I'm going to stop and do what I did and just upload it all to Facebook directly. So there. Meh. Yeah, but uh, that's also a good uh, way to mention that on our Facebook page, there's... Quite a few videos now. From, oh, yes, sir. Uh, from the Assault of a Morning event at Lincoln. About 38 of them, I think, if I remember rightly, yeah. like all the armies. Uh, so, each roughly between 20 and 30 seconds long. So it's worth the time to come and take a look at the, I have to admit, superb, some of the superb levels of painting that were there this week, that weekend. Were really impressive. It was really good to see that out there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's our Facebook page again. Um, and most importantly, I think, I think so is the Varangian heresy at gmail.com, our Gmail address, which you guys can send in lists to us. You can send in event shout outs and all the other S- good ideas and stuff. Send in whatever, basically. Yeah. We'll just, you know, maybe not any friend. unrelated, uh, data, pla- data storage law updates. Yeah, the next GDPR email I see, I'm going to find the source and I'm going to GDPR them to the face. Yeah, because that's, uh, oh, been, that's, been, that's been probably everyone in at least Europe experienced the past two weeks with yeah. everything. Oh, we have your email, so we're going to send you this email. And you just sit there and think, who the fuck are you? Always come up this at the last minute. The greatest, one of the most stupid but greatest business ideas would have been to sell a GDPR blocker. And you'd have made yeah. millions. So, somehow, <laughs> somehow, 
I, I guess that everyone that gets everything that basically is, you have to accept or accept or not to use yeah. this. And people are just going to do what they've done with every other user agreement ever. Just click accept and no, don't bother reading. Exactly. That's why we can see you all on your webcams right now. <laughs> um, so, tonight, let's talk about tonight's episode. Um, as we said, it's all about armored warfare in the 31st millennium, and most importantly, the Fields of Megara are next event coming up. And this event is actually taking place in less than seven days from when you hear this. It's taking place on the 2nd and 3rd of June, and that is taking place in Solentuna in our regular Stockholm, Stockholm location. And Which is a really, really nice uh, old uh, well military yeah I was, I was I got stuck thinking about which branch <laughs> but that doesn't really matter no. but it used to be along to the home guard I think Oh, it definitely fits our standard and our style, so that's perfect. Yeah. With with its own dungeon and everything. However, I don't think the dungeon's going to be in play unless you break too many rules. Um, but this is what we're talking about. The event is a 300 kroner entry cost. It is a doubles event, which is uh, 4,000 points in total. You've got 1,000 points of Lord of War to split between the two players. And it is run via our Armored Warfare uh, rules, which is what the entire main segment of this episode is about. About taking you through it, giving you a chance to uh, understand whether it's a video of how to see the play, and generally sort of try and answer a lot of the questions in, that you might come up with right away. Uh, thanks to our two beautiful guests, Magnus, who did nothing wrong, and the, the, the wonderful Pella, who were... Uh, who is uh, the wrong Magnus didn't do. Yeah, True. Um, well, yeah, well, you, you guys will hear that later on, and it's, it's a bit wibbly-wobbly time you me for us right now, but trust me, it's worth it. We don't go into detail, but it's just funny. Um, but, uh, you know, Magnus and Pellet were our original test um, test dudes for this particular event, which you actually see the uh, the rules set played out with the uh, intro mission and the sort of tutorial mission, and that is um, on our Facebook and we linked in the show notes as well. So, whoo. That's a lot of stuff there. You can, by the way, still get places if you want to come to the event. We'd love to have you there. It's a nice, comfortable size at the moment, but more players equals more fun. So do have a look, and you can go onto our Facebook page, go into the events section on our Facebook page, click on Fields of Magera, and see all the information there. Maybe we should also mention that the event is capped at 20 players. It is, but we still we still have room for a few more if you want to come along. Yeah. Uh, there, there, will, there will be... Visiting room as opposed as who it, uh, how it was at Lincoln. <laughs> True, <laughs> where nobody could breathe in there. Um, so oh, yeah, the windows are openable. Yeah, they are. So are doors as well, and yeah. there's airflow and everything. It's quite an upgrade, but we love Lincoln because um, it was awesome anyway. Yeah. So, but just because it's awesome doesn't mean it's perfect. So. True. True. I, I use myself in case of point for that. Um, so let's talk about. What we've been up to, dude? What have you been up to in the hobby, Chris? Give me some hobby love. Show me some hobby fun stuff you've been up um, to. I've been literally waiting for the resin on my <laughs> diorama to cure. Oh Lord! Right? Okay, that's a waiting game and a half. Yeah, it hasn't really cured yet because I think I messed up. Oh. The, well, mixed up the mixing of the hardener, so it might take a while. But okay, it doesn't really matter because I can do other stuff. I don't really have. It looks. It looks really good. There's not too many bubbles and that what's what is can be fixed so mm, that's nice i mean it, it, it sometimes it can work out really nicely with bubbles because they kind of look like they belong 
there, very there, rarely, I think. There is, there is a, a set of three bubbles basically right next to the skeleton that's in the resin. So yeah. It looks almost like a mark of Nurgle. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> kind of, kind of awesome. When you think um, what, what you're actually doing there, and where can people who are listening to this actually see what you're doing? Where, where can they see your work? Uh, mainly on my Instagram page, which is at Project Nevendor, mm-hmm. or on my fa- Facebook page, which is, is still at Project Nevendor. If you search it on Facebook. And it's, uh, we'll see if we if we get the time. We'll throw a link up as well because it's it's, it's really it's worth looking always at. Link, linked in the show notes if nothing else. Perfect because it is really worth looking at. And I've um, I must say, um, Henry said it. I've said it. I love watching this stuff come together. Uh, we've j- joked back and forth about certain models while you've been doing stuff and <laughs> you know getting stuff done. But just seeing the levels um, add on and just come to life has been absolutely brilliant. So please go and take a look at Project Navinda and have a look at Chris's stuff because that that diorama, when it's done, is going to look boss. Thank you. you. I'm really looking forward to it. Also, because I know that I will need to put a little, little extra layer of resin to to even doubt on the top of the the water effects, just so it gets smooth and not uh, have to sand it down too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that it's Basically, too little to mix it properly. If I'm going to mix that little amount, so I'm going to. Ma- so I'm also making a fountain for Warhammer Fantasy, a Warhammer Fantasy project. Ooh, nice! So two birds, one stone, or, or two birds, one poor. Yeah, pretty much. Plus, cool. plus the fact is, we a few of us have gotten a bit interested in fantasy lately. So <laughs> just having a just a bit, huh? Yeah, but it's. It's a really, really great modeling opportunity to make something that looks like a fountain in winter with the fountain bit itself turned off, but there will still be water in it and a bit of ice and some leaves. So Yeah. That dwarf on top. Gorgeous, man. So, stuff like that. That's what I've been up to. And painting awesome. painting thunderers from the Skull Pass box. But, yeah. And let's not very, go into that. Very, very awesome. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Uh, as per usual, working on commissions, bits and pieces here and there as I'm going along. Uh, but I've also uh, taken a moment as I delivered some commissions at Lincoln to actually put some new stuff together for my army. Um, so currently in a box, I have four new quad mortars. Uh, I have a Sikoran Arcus stroke, normal Sikoran with you know turret swaps. I really need to finish my Arcus conversion. <clears throat> You really do. They're gorgeous. I mean, the models alone are gorgeous as they are, but I'm looking forward to seeing yours. Um, and then there I've got, what else have I got? Two, Lindica- two Vindicator laser destroyers. Uh, I've got an old school Predator in there I'm going to paint up. Um, yeah, so there's a few bits and pieces. And I'm building a new uh, Praetor model. Ooh, what are you yeah. using? Uh, I'm losing, using Pollux as the base. Um, so that project I, is finally getting off the ground. It is, yeah. Um, I've actually tried to differentiate it f- enough for Pollux. I mean, some. So, I mean, you you can't without hacking into it. You really can't change a lot of the major details. But mm. taking away things like the logo, shortening the um, the height of the the collar on his armor piece, um, yeah, which is good if you want to use a helmet. Yeah, well, actually, I'm going half helm. So I'm actually going to be using the so I, 
Yeah, the other half. Um, I'm going to be using the the tank crew. Uh, oh, that was very tank crew head. Yeah, that's a good one. It, it looks really nice, and when you've got um, when you've got the contrast of the metal on the face cage, it just looks brutal. You know, it looks like it, it should be. Um, he's rocking some custom built shoulder pads. Uh, I had a I had some Narek Drager bits and uh, customized those a little bit. Because I felt the the Pollux ones were too unique. Yeah, they're uh, they're also yeah they're really really made for that model. Yeah, as in looks wise, they look like they should be part of that model and nowhere else definitely. basically. And I'm just trying. I'm just de- I'm just trying to be able to go right. Yeah, I use Pollux as the base, but you know you can see that there's a difference in him, um, and. I've been having a fun with some. I've, I've added a cloak on there, which looks kind of epic. Um, and I've made a, uh, you know, the Terminator Predator set, the original one, mm-hmm. or, or the Predator set, the two Predators. You have the Terminator one. That sword that he's using um, is going on there on the right hand, and then on the left hand, I've created a custom fist, uh, custom power fist. Because I, I like to run my Praetors as, as close combat heavy as humanly possible. Yeah. Uh, because Iron Warriors, they need all the help they can get there. Um, so I've actually taken chain bayonets. You know the old chain bayonets um, from underneath the Phobos. Yeah. Phobos. Yeah. yeah. And I've I've uh, skinned them and trimmed them and pared them down. So he's now got a fist that is fingers of the um, Phobos blades. For the chain, uh, chain bayonets, nice. and so like thumb and forefingers. So while it looks like he, if he was going to grab you, he wouldn't do a lot of damage apart from the tips of his fingers. My general thought is this is the guy kind of guy who curls up his hand and punches you with it, or backhands you out of the way. <laughs> um, and I've gone for a little fun scenic base, um, which I'm not going to talk about because I really want to really work on that because I think it's what's going to make the model really pop. Um, so hopefully I can I can make that look the way I want it to. Uh, but I felt I'm taking part in an event with Eric Vailor in uh, July. Uh, let me just get the where is it? Oh, ba bum ba bum. I can never remember where it is. It's not Ajax because that's coming up the week after. But I'm going. My plan is to go to Ajax as well. Um, this is one that's actually being run by our good friend Sebastian Jensen. Um, he is. Um, well, hopefully, we're going to get him on the show uh, to be able to go through it. And talk yes. some details Speaking about it. Speaking of, we yeah. have an apology to make there. Yeah, we do, don't because we? Because no one, we do, I, I can swear that we actually recorded that segment because we were both on it, weren't we? Yes. And he was. And I, I have no idea where that, that episode went. I had computer troubles back then and I thought you had it and then it was just gone. And I thought you had it and, you know, yeah. basically the scrap code won. So yeah. what we're going to do is an apology is we're going to have Sebastian on for a whole episode to talk about his events. Uh, we'll do a before and after with him. And it's the Callus Sector Part 2, Breaching the Walls, or Breaching the Walls. And like I said, I'm teaming up with uh, so it's going to, with Eric, so it's going to be uh, 4,000 points of Iron Warriors and Thousand Sons. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be... It sounds like it, and it's yeah. probably a good event, because what have we heard of them? All well, of them have been, been so far. 
I've been to all I've been, the event I've been to, and generally with gaming with those guys is absolutely awesome. Yeah. So I cannot wait. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Um, so there's that. What else have I been doing? Uh, just trying to sort out, thanks to PostNord, trying to sort out some orders for commissions that I've been waiting for. It's taken a month and a half for one thing to clear customs. Fuck yeah. you guys. You should be, uh, should be be glad if you get them at all, because that's yeah. that's usually the common problem. Yeah, I am, especially as this is something that somebody's paying me for. So it's like, I don't want to have to, you know, let that person down. But uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that come through. Um, the other big thing I've been doing in the hobby, and this is the important thing, and you've been helping me with this a bit. Uh, we have narrowed down some more details for the next event uh, after the um, the hobby camp. So we've got the next gaming event. It comes after um, the... Varangian Heresy Hobby Camp, and that is Trebizoid. If I'm gonna, you can shoot me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Chris. Please do. It's uh, Trebizoid. There's an N in there as well. Trebizond. Yeah. The Forges of Kalida. Or Chaldea. Chaldea. See, I'm Englishman. I'm pronouncing weird words the wrong way. Anyway. Yeah, but that's also because I have been really picky on mentioning stuff like that because <laughs> I've been th- been thinking of them wrong <laughs> myself. <laughs> Basically, I, I sat down as, when I did the folder for uh, Scandus last year. I basically sat down the spelling, and then the first time I wrote it after that, I really need to check if this is the correct spelling, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are we are run, we are running our event uh, down here in Skona, and that's going to be taking place. Um, in Malmo, it's going to be taking place about a five to ten minute walk max from the train station, but there's a really handy bus that runs like every five to ten minutes um, all weekend, so that's going to be great. We still haven't worked out the ticket prices yet because we're just working out all the details with the venue. Uh, this will, however, be an over-18s event as uh, there is the potential for alcohol to be available at the event as it's a private function. I'm and, saying that now because it's important that people understand that this isn't an event to get blasted at. It's not what we do. We never have done. But if you're thinking of applying and you're under the age of 18, I'm sorry. We need to be aware of that. Um, yeah. 21, you know, we really should be very careful of that sort of stuff. So if you've got any questions, please just get in touch with us. Um, but that is updated in our event section on the uh, Ranch and Heresy podcast Facebook page. And once the event up in Solentuna is done, we are going to be pimping the life out of this. It's going to be the the next stage in the narrative, and we're going to be having a lot of fun with. Uh, well, the plan is to have a lot of fun with um, uh, with singles play and potentially doubles play as well at the event. So we will see, and we've got lots of tricks and tips and fun from our friends over in Denmark as well. So we might be and uh, uh, story wise, there will be a huge shift because. There will be maybe some reinforcements for the ones besieged on the planet. Yeah. And that is so, the first, uh, basically the first contact outside that they will have. Yeah. So that will be quite interesting, I think. Oh, I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing how that um, actually comes out. So we're going to, that's all up there. So if you're interested in that, go have a look. Uh, we can take, uh, you can send us questions, uh, but that's there. Um, and one other thing I do need to, to uh, put out there, just to clear up a few things that have happened um, today. When it comes to the, uh, the heresy camp, when you are 
purchasing a ticket, the price is 250 Great British Pounds. That's what you purchase your ticket in. Yeah, you have to uh, pay in the actual currency, not the... Not the Swedish version. No, you can't uh, just uh, change it into Swedish and see what it is today, because then it won't be yeah. 250 pounds when it's finally yeah. being paid. So you, have, you have to pay the full amount in British pounds. Uh, the information is in the event and mark it as hobby and... Uh, send it through as friends and family because yeah. all the information is there and then S- everything's got Send done. it through as friends and family otherwise there will be a fee on it. If there are any problems we will <laughs> and try and get it sorted so everybody nobody's left out in the cold and there's no problems. Of with course, it. of course. It's it's uh, it's not something we do all the time using this system so no. we're not uh, 100% clear on it either. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. It's good just to get all that out right now, so there are, if there are any confusions. Again, you can have a chat with uh, Freddie and the team when we're up at uh, the Fields of Megara, and you can get in touch with us uh, via the podcast um, uh, messaging as well. That would be much better than coming to us personally. Just take you through the podcast, so it's a lot easier for us to keep track of. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so that's quite a bit of. To be fair, it's quite a bit of hobby, 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 and hobby updates. And yeah, we could updates. also mention just one more thing. Go for it. And that is, if you have any input or comments or critiques for the podcast, just don't be shy. Send them in. But make sure it's constructive and not just you you guys suck. Because if I don't mention that, people will just mention you guys suck. Yeah. I I, I might even know who will write that. I could think I could think of a few people who might, but let's just let's keep it with constructive stuff because it's how we make things better. Yeah. Um, and there there is so much. The thing, the funny thing is, this is going to be a quick intro, but there's so much more to come. There's so much more stuff we're going to be we're going to be talking about. Uh, the summer isn't going to slow down at all. There'll be a whole lot of build up. Um, we're going to have a whole lot of fun, and then uh, come the end of the year, we'll already be planning, or uh, we're starting to plan next year already. So you know, yeah. full steam ahead on this heresy train. Nothing's going anywhere. Speaking of Heresy Train, uh-huh. we do have a really, really nice raffle this year. Yes, we do. Do you want to talk about that? Well, shall I? You can. I can talk some. You can talk some, and I can Let's share it out, that, buddy. Go uh, for it. As usual, it can be found at uh, heresyagainstmd.com because that link is still valid, or on our Facebook page, and it's the. It's an extension of the raffle, or collection, donation, whatever you want to call it, from last year. Uh, we're still c- collecting money for the DMD research, the defense yep. muscular dystrophy. And uh, all of the money that are deposited are donated are donated directly to the charitable organization. We never see them. And that's yep. a good thing, because they're not for us. They're for the charity and for the well, exactly. research. They and uh, it's also important because that that way you you as a donator can be be sure that the money actually really reaches the charity organization. Yeah. The only thing that happens when you donate is that uh, there's Freddie receives an email and you're entered into the raffle just as a thank you for donating. Yeah, I'm just put a little comment on there saying you know raffle on there just so we've got it. I mean, if you don't want to be entered into the raffle, that's totally fine. We we fully appreciate that. If you're just giving out the goodness of your heart, which everybody is, but that's that's yeah. all you're looking to do. We love you for it. Thank you very much. But there is a chance to win something rather fun. Yeah, it might also be a good thing if your your friends and family donate or something. I don't yeah. they don't really play and are not really interested, but. 
you get them you get one a chance. Let's put it like this, because as it stands at this very moment in time, the current raffle prize is put up by ourselves here at the Varangian Heresy and will be painted by myself, painting chap, uh, are a Warlord Titan and two Reaver Titans. Yeah, and that is they will be so far. So far, because we had this uh, sort of thing last year. We had awesome people around the community, uh, especially the podcast community, all reach out and go, hey, how can we help? And stuff started to get donated in. And to be fair, I have to give a shout out already. Um, we're, we've had a chat with Alistair from the Legion of Lies. And if it all goes through, if he's able to sort it out, the Raver Titan will have the Bellicosa Volcano Cannon as well, donated by Alistair from the, the Legion the of Lies. The Warlord Titan will. Warlord Titan Warlord, sorry. Well, it could be fun. <laughs> I can polarise the magnet, so if you do it, you know, you can see what happened. It might spin the reaver around a few times and he fires it. You might not have to, you know, full scatter and maybe directional scatter a couple of times. It could be fun. Let's should, not mock it. Let's try that. We should also mention that uh, the Titan House, the Religio, isn't really set yet, right? No, that's correct. We are looking at options. Well, uh, fun there, options. Yeah, and uh, one of those are that it might be revealed in or or on the telethon. Yeah, we're looking at that as a possibility. Um, we're looking. We're look, well. We're just looking at when we can get uh, and do the 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 best uh, we can as a reveal. There's a if we can do what we want to do. There's going to be a lot of work involved in it, but it's going to be so worth it. Yeah. So we really want to take our time to make sure it's right for you guys. So it's not something that feels a bit cheap and tacked on. We're going to have some fun with it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so we're just going to see how that all rolls up. Yeah. But remember, literally the last two years, three years, two years, the last two events that we've done, uh, raffles we've done, you know, single ticket purchases have won it. The last ticket of the year, of the event won it last year. Um, Cole, who won the original Warlord, um, won it on a single ticket purchase. You know, if um, you're going to... He basically just you, did it for fun. Yeah, so... <laughs> Have a punt at it. Put thirty-five bucks in if you want to, and if you want to have a real laugh, you can go again to our wall, uh, have a look at our videos, and you can see my good self getting waxed for charity um, in an impromptu waxing session. Uh, <laughs> ow! Um, I managed to raise somewhere over around about four to five hundred dollars. I'm not exactly sure of the total, but uh, in and around that mark, just by. Um, auctioning off my pain and emotional distress which apparently is absolutely hilarious to watch yep. um if you want to watch it so please go and watch it because i think that's great and if you think hey you did a great thing and you know you, you should you know i'm gonna support you by putting some money in that would be awesome and if you think hey you're an idiot i'll give you some money anyway that would be just as awesome so you know i'm very happy to be the the, the crazy idiot who does stuff just simply so that we can raise money for such a worthy cause yeah we should also mention here that uh, as all of the previous years, there will be uh, raffle prizes added Oh yes. as they get donated. So if you have anything that you feel like you want to donate, you might not have the money to give, give to the raffle, but you might have something to donate. Or you just want to donate something that should be given away because it will generate more money for the research. Yeah. It's also just get in, you can get in touch because that's been every year so far as people have been donated for. Like yeah, and it's you know we we've been supported by a fantastic community two years in a row. I know we're going to be supported by the fantastic community a third year in a row, and if nothing else, it's just a great way for 
us as a community to give something back on a, on a hobby we love. We all have our courses. This is ours. This is the one we, we're championing and we want to, to get out there and, and do the best we can. And we really want to um, make this something for everyone. So, yeah, when they arrive, uh, I am locked in and promised, and I will be doing as many whip uh, pictures as humanly possible um, of the work that I'm doing. Uh, there will be uh, literally as many as humanly possible up. Otherwise, I get the feeling Freddie might want to come down from Stockholm and just stand over me, like, uh, you know, just to make sure I'm doing the work. But um, we'll make sure it's all updated, everything's going out, everybody's having fun, and you get to see what is being created for you to actually get there and win. And then we have a little question that was raised in our last episode. Yes. How much was it for the beard? <laughs> well, it's 10 grand to get tasered. Yeah. So it should be less than 10 grand because it's not as bad as For me, tasered. no. That's This is my beard. This is like me. You want me to just... Okay, do you want to get tasered instead? I'll do the tasering for 12 grand. Somebody's already done it for 10. I need to feel like I need to up the up the ante <laughs> on that one. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, <laughs> I really don't want to take my beard off. But if somebody <laughs> makes a single donation of $5,000, I'll do it. I think it was actually $5,000. Not I'm changing situation. the rules. I'm changing no, the you game. Can't do, you can't change the rules. It's it's up there, and it's a it's a good cause. And yeah, oh, you you right. might it might just be. We didn't say that you should just shave it off. I'm you not having style it waxed. Style it. Style it. Fine. I'm not having it waxed. I don't particularly want to lose it. But you know, it I could, I, could, I tell you what. Here's what we could do. Here's what we do. We hit the five thousand. I've got. I'll grow my beard out. And then we'll have a fun. We'll have a live stream of me trying out different suggested facial hairstyles. Yeah. So there could easily be a trucker. There could be a, a porn stachio uh, thing going in there. I'm up for some it. handlebars. Some. Uh, yeah. yeah. All the fun stuff. But let, let's do that. You but, do, you but, do but, know that there will be people that will suggest something really, really. Of stupid. course there will be. Of course there will be. Help. Goran tried to have me slow waxed. Which is <laughs> wrong. It's so painful. It's no, no. He's a bad man. Um, we, we, yeah. But yes, that that is that is the raffle. That is the everything we've talked about. There is, is all going on at the moment, and I think it's. I can say just say that I might have an idea for a project that I will be willing to put into. Awesome. That's what we love to hear, and that's what we do. It's all about doing some crazy shit and having some fun. Yeah. So, is there anything else we need to wrap up, Chris, or should we head on into the main I segment? Because I think that, uh, that's it for the intro, at least. Awesome, perfect. Then, with that being the case, we will head out to a, tr- a stylistically chosen tune by our, uh, our gorgeous editor here. So, prepare for your ears to bleed or uh, fold in on themselves. I have no idea, um, and we will be right back after this.
we're back, and it is now time to talk armored warfare in the 31st millennium. And with us, we two, we have two of the favoured sons uh, of of the podcast, and two veterans of uh, the armored warfare rule set that we're actually using, because they're one of the few pairs of human beings on this planet who's actually played them. So, uh, what better way to uh, actually talk to you about how the next event? Um, the fields of Megara is actually going to work um, than have the the wonderful Pele and the mo- and the most gorgeous did nothing wrong Magnus on the planet on the podcast. <laughs> so how are you, gentlemen? I'm very fine, thank you. Uh, well, there's no arguments that you're fine, sir. But are you feeling well? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I know the cheese, right? Isn't it good? It's, it's uh, a bit too much, actually. <laughs> nah, it's never too much. Never too much. It can never be too much. Exactly. But I did nothing wrong. So, and, and speaking of that, Magnus, how are you, sir? Uh, for today, ha- have had better days, but <laughs> hobbying-wise, I'm good. Cool. Let, let's go with the hobbying-wise because that sounds far more happy. Yeah. <laughs> we probably don't want to get down that, that discussion route right now. Well, um, it was it was basically a day of actually ruining the. Well. Gateway to the webway. Yes, in spirit, not not, wrong. In spirit, but not in function. (laughs) You could actually compare. It was pretty much on the same level of destruction as when Magnus (laughs) came through the gate in the Emperor's basement. Pretty much, (laughs) same economical repercussion. So, and the Emperor, aka your wife, was upset, right? I can just yeah. imagine. I can just imagine the the, the conversation went on to Magnus bollocks, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That was all that was there before the damage was done. But let's not dwell on that because that's not what no. we're here. Let's not get stuck on that one. So um, before we actually talk rules and everything that's going to be happening, uh, we do want to give you guys a sort of an idea of what's going on uh, with the event and where the event series is right now because that's really important. So. I'm going to hand over to the, the wonderful Christopher, who's going to give us a bit of an update-ish. Well, it's, uh, if you have listened to our previous episode, we did a little update on what happened after the assault on Amorion, with uh, the main spire collapsing and uh, the, the traders not really having a direct link to the planet other than the space station and actually landing, landing craft and drop pods. And that is why... It makes it a bit uh, more prioritized to so just basically secure the area around the city that they've taken in the first event and push, down, push out so, all of the tanks they can get, all of the fast-moving, heavy-hitting quadrants. And this is what the next event is about and why they are going to have to capture the fields of Megara, which is the industrial landing fields and suburbs and, well, most of the that part of the continent that surrounds the city of Amorion. So the, the tactically important um, and uh, as I say, ta- tactically important is probably the best way of putting it. Um, but most definitely, if it is um, strategically required for the for the ongoing sort of uh, commencement of a an effective campaign on uh, Numa Elysium, and yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that's that's what the that's what the forces are doing. So 
this, as, as Chris has alluded there, this is very much uh, an armoured event. This is all about armoured warfare. Now, this is something that doesn't, uh, as a direct playset, um, outside of, what you say, Armour Spearhead? Or, um, which is the right of war I'm thinking of? The armoured right of war. Somebody help me out here. Thank you very much. That's the one. Um, you can tell I you can tell I don't have enough tanks to even consider running it. That's how much I know about it. Um, but armor breakthrough. Outside of actually running an arm, a pair of armor breakthrough, this is an actual dedicated uh, gameplay style that, that uh, Freddy has come up with um, to be able to run these sort of events. Now, it's not just tanks, um, as far as I remember. But Chris, please please remind me if I'm right or wrong on that one. Well, there. Tanks, their aircraft, their some dreadnoughts, yeah. everything that can keep up or give it. Support you can say everything with uh, armor value. Yeah. I guess. yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's nicely put. Yeah, um, and there's, there will also be some deployments of night houses and stuff because yeah. if you want fast-moving heavy weapons, you probably should deploy the fast-moving heavy weapons. Oh yes. And that 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 is going to make that's going to make for the event itself that's going to make something extremely interesting, and it does play really nicely into the narrative as we as uh, we've talked about previously um, with the the, the 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 need to secure this this sort of space um, hard and fast that the most likely the traitors, but both sides are willing to commit um, the bigger um, prized assets into the fight at this uh, at this time. Which is gonna gonna make for a real I think the think the phrase is slobber knocker or whatever it is, you know, it's gonna make for a real throwdown, which is gonna be a whole lot of fun. So we should really talk about the event in of itself in a bit more detail. Now the event is I, we're running it as a pairs event. Um so you're gonna be running as as a team, uh two players, and I'm just bringing up the details here in front of me because it's been a while since I looked at it. And it is going to be, somebody remind me, 2,000 points each? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 4,000 4, points a team. Awesome. 4,000 points. And there is well, two... We're going to be here. There is, sure, there is, the easiest way to divide it is 2,000 points per player. But if you can't really do it, if one player has more tanks or you want to play maybe the Lord of War detachment in your army, which will be 1,000 points per team, you could probably divide it like 3,000, 1,000 or yeah. yeah, whatever you want within those limits. But you have to have, well, follow some sort of... Well, HQ and two troop choices, right? Yeah. Other than that, you're free to divide stuff between your teammates. Yeah, but there, yeah. That, if there is something that maybe you only have the Lord of War and the teams contact us, there is ways to do, do it as long as the team, teams are balanced and stay yeah, yeah. in the fluff. Now, I'll get this out of the way. The event takes place uh, this coming weekend, and it's the 2nd and 3rd of June, um, and it's going to be taking place up in uh, Solentino, just outside of Stockholm. Now, if you're listening to this and going, I really want to get there, you can if you can get get to the event the event is open you can still book to come and play we can try and hook you up with um a teammate you know if not if you think you can come in and you know let's just say drop a night household and uh, bring some allies and whatever you know we're willing to be open as long as it fits in the fluff and it's balanced and it's a, it's going to be fun for everybody 
Well, we did actually have a discussion, didn't we, about we bringing did, yes. a lighthouse. And if you do it, you are not really supposed to bring 4,000 points of knights. Leave the Pulfire on at home, I think was the other thing. Leave the Pulfire on at home, because in a tank-heavy event, that, that thing is a bit... What's the phrase I like to I would like to use here? Um, rapey? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a nice way of putting it. Well, well it's, all, it's also a nice way to maybe be asked to leave the event. Yeah. I'm not saying this to be a, a mean person or a bad organizer. It's just if you go to this kind of event, you really should think about what f- is fitting to bring to the event. Yeah. Because so, yeah. everyone is supposed to have fun, not just you. Yeah. Which is always always the key with, uh, with events like this, which is very important. Um, now, there are there's lots of ways that we could start in on this, and I think what we'll what we'll look at is we'll, we'll start off basically with going through the rules themselves. Anybody um, <coughs> can think of anything else specifically for the event that we need to shout out right now. Um, well, actually, what am I saying? Yes, it is Magnus. It is three hundred crowns a spot, if I remember rightly. Yes, it is. I pick three hundred crowns a spot. Yeah. And uh, we'll sort out the uh, information later on uh, yep. on on the event. Yep. So if you're interested, go to our Virgin Heresy uh, podcast Facebook page, go to the events section, click on Phil to Magera, click on going, and then pop a message up there, and we will get in touch with you. Or just uh, search for Phil to Magera if you want the event directly. Yeah, kind of hoping that they love our podcast that much that they'll go and look at it anyway. Because... I, 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 I doubt anyone cares about the podcast page. No, to be <laughs> fair, I doubt enough. they do. But um, <laughs> to, to, to be fair, uh, one of the things we will be looking to do, um, which will actually help make maybe make sense for those who are following along and maybe not just quite grasping the rules as we go through them, is we do have um, an actual game of Armored Warfare that was played between uh, Magnus and Pillow uh, oh, at yes. the club. Um, and it was Death Guard versus Dark Angels? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Traitor versus Traitor then. Blue on blue. Exactly. <laughs> blue on blue fire. Blue on blue fire, because everybody knows Death Guard are traitors. <laughs> um, and um, that was, we've actually, we've actually got a video of the gameplay as well, which is narrated by the, the lovely and, and dulcet tones of Freddy. Um, so it's most definitely not safe for work. Um, and increasingly intoxicated, isn't it? I, it's been a while, but let's just leave that as a surprise for everybody in case it is. Yeah, um, but it, it, that that video will be re-uploaded when this episode goes live, so you will see it. Exactly. It, it will be up when you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah, if you're not going, oh, screw you guys, I'm going home. So, let's start talking <clears> through the um, So, what we'll do is, as we have the experts, the, the original playtesters here, um, we're going to talk through sort of each of the points, each of the different phases of gameplay, and then we're going to have a chat with these guys about how, how it was for them when they were putting it together, how they, when it was playtested, uh, what, what they really enjoyed, and, you know, that sort of stuff. And hopefully then you'll get an idea as a listener as to how this could work for your army or a potential army that you've been thinking about playing or putting together. Um, and the last thing is the rules for this are part of the uh, stickied folder, uh, are inside the, the stickied link at the top of our Facebook page. So you can actually go along and download these rules yourself and play them, and play them at your club um, or in a tournament or wherever you want. And as the rules get updated, we update the link as well. So we're on version 1.6 at the moment. 
Yeah. Uh, so you see there's been playtesting and experience put into this. So you can you can sort of get along and have a play. So if you want to, I tell you what, if you want to take a second now, go click on that link uh, at the top of our page, pause this, come back. You've got something to read along as we do it. I'll give you three, two, one. Okay, let's assume if you've done that, you've got it. Um, and to be fair, do you really look like that? Because we've got access to your webcam now. <laughs> well, Chris, you were supposed to save that for the for the outtakes blooper episode where we showed, where we did that. But okay, fair enough. At least it's out there. Um, screw the GDPR and all that sort of stuff. We got well, the, we got the permission way too long ago for that to be a thing. We are so, we are at least we are honest with it. Yeah, we've got our <laughs> that is true. Yeah, no, we can see you. Yes, you. No, don't don't touch that. Don't no, you shouldn't touch yourself with that. That's really not a good idea. That might involve. Okay, right, fine. I, I don't know which country you're in, so I'm not calling the medical alert on that one. So good luck. But do you want, um, do you want this folder? So you glued your hand to your cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have it. We have it on record for for certain co-hosts. Um, so let's do this. We are going to be talking about Armored Warfare in, th- in Warhammer 30,000. Um, now, this is a um, – the rule set we have has been uh, written with the uh, first edition Hor- Horus Heresy rule set in mind. Um, so a lot of the rules you're going to be really familiar with. So uh, it does, however, read and play differently to a normal game of 30K. Um, Speaking of the rule set you just mentioned – uh, there are parts of the, the army list later on that says basically that you should refer to your army book or the list in the, the, rule, the rule book, the new heresy book. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Um, oh, in, in this particular rules, when you read through them, it does actually give you uh, a tutorial scenario, which you can play with about six vehicles aside um, once, to get the hang of the sequences and everything, which is great. So the sequence of play... Unlike a normal game of 30k, um, it's split into five phases to complete one turn of the game. So during each of those phases, both players conduct their actions. So you're doing this um, simultaneously, which is, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Real time? Is it not real time? There's a phrase I'm looking for that actually describes that much better. Alternating turns? You go Alternating activation. Yeah, that's the one. Um, it's a bit different to the normal way of 30k, where players conduct their entire turn separately, as we all know. Um, so, as I said, for example, in the movement phase, um, both players move their vehicles. And in the shooting phase, both players fire their weapons, and so on. So it's pretty easy. Um, now, when we're, when, again, I'm sort of going through the rule set. It'll all talk about the first player and all that sort of jazz, but we'll go through it uh, from, from sort of life experience. So... We'll be going through that. Now, before we sort of jump into that, guys, Pele, Magnus, yes. Yes, what, was it like to get, what was it like to get your head around this this sort of new concept idea of this is sort of like going from you take your turn, I take my turn, to actually having a, you know, simultaneous activation <clears> and, <throat> and function? How, how was that for you guys? Well, it was... You can dis- describe it this way. Everyone who's played the old epic thir- epic Space Marine game mm-hmm. a long time ago, we're talking about 20 years ago, and it's, that game was very inspirational for these rules, I, I think. Uh, very true. Yes. So everyone gets some tokens, countish, mm-hmm. and you give orders to your unit. And the other player does the same thing simultaneously. 
and then you swap them so you can see what the order are. So you have to really think when you do it your first time, you you don't really think way of activating or doesn't really matter what that's what you think. But in turn, when you play for a while, yeah, you you really start to think. Okay, wait a minute. If I shoot that one with this tank, but I want to stop that tank from moving too, mm. is it worth it to do this, or should I wait to, to, to do that? Yeah. So you can't do everything at once like you used to do. You have to think yeah. um, what to do first. Okay. So it's just a lot more thinking involved once you actually stop and think about the play style itself. Yes. When you cool. start, you realize what's going on. With... <laughs> yeah. When, when you know what's going on. Yeah. About three turns. Yeah. Okay. In turn three, we re- realized, oh, fuck, we have to think. But seriously. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God, we've got to think. What are we going to do? <laughs> the amount of confusion when you realize that you actually have to, at some part, use your brain during the game was... I was traumatic. Yes. Oh, dear Lord. That, that, just that just a note on the tokens. If you don't have any, yeah. there, there are in there are some that you can print from the rules pack. Yes. Yeah. In the rules pack. They're in the PDF. Yeah. Yes. Uh, seriously, it's a very new way of thinking. Uh, I'm not, not. I'm not used to play play a game that way. I don't know what you say, Magnus, but uh, it took uh, two or three turns before you really get hang of it, before you realize what's what's important yeah, the, and what's not. The really big difference between like uh, regular 30k games and this one is in 30k, you pretty much react to the other player's turn, or if you're a first player, you set up your your turn for him to react to you, whilst during Armored Warfare event, um, there's actually you don't really react as you do everything simultaneously which means that if you want to move stuff and sh- then shoot later on all his well this will be explained later on with orders and so on and so forth but staying put in shooting or moving in shooting is a big difference in this game yes. so, so you have, really have to think about what he's going to do at the same time as you're doing it, which kind of makes it more tricky than uh, react pure reaction moves like in the regular 30k games. It's definitely a different kind of challenges. Like yeah. I said, should I move or should I stay? Miss the objective maybe, but I can shoot first before he moves um, and so on. We, we get back to that, but yeah. it's a different mindset. Different. Yeah, you're not reacting, you're acting simultaneously, which makes it really, really different, like, uh, mindset from uh, regular games. Cool. I mean, that, that, that sounds, that sounds like a, a good challenge and a fun challenge, if nothing else, um, to, to actually be playing that. Um, exactly. now, um, we will, again, like the guys have been saying, we're going to go into all the, all the little bits and details as we go along. Now, uh, before, we go into uh, the nitty-gritty of the rules. There are actual army lists 
setup that have been written up by Freddie and Chris. Uh, Magnus has been involved as well, I believe. Um, I'm guessing Pally's been involved as well. Um, and uh, these are army lists that are designed for four major factions. So you've got the Legion, you've got Mechanicum, you've got uh, Solar Orcs, and you've got Militia. So the four um, major factions um, that are uh, covered in that. Um, so you can actually, like I said, download the rules, have a look at what your faction needs and what you can do to get going straight away. Uh, so it, it's out there. It's not all just marine on marine. So you can have some fun there. Now, uh, let's start talking about the sequence of play. So the overall sequence of play works like this. You have the order phase. That's the first thing. Whenever you start a new turn, it is the order phase. Then the movement phase. And that breaks down into an order of movement depending on the uh, order tokens that you've placed out. After the movement's done, comes on to the shooting phase. So again, shooting, if you've decided to put shooting order down and stuff like that, we'll go into that in a moment. All of that is then taken at that point. There is then a close combat phase, and then there is an end phase. And the one thing I love about the close combat phase, if nothing else for me, it makes it totally worth that whole, uh, uh, what is it, um, commissar on top of a tank going, <laughs> move me closer so I can hit them with my chainsword. Totally makes that valid now. It's a, not just a meme, but an actual modeling in-game, you know, literal option. He also, <laughs> he also could, you could switch out the weapon if you want, so you don't have to saw the other tank. Yeah. I mean, a, to be fair, a chain fist would be pretty cool. Or a power fist. Dueling or, pistols. Yeah, just dueling. Dual, take me closer so I can shoot him with my bolt gun. Um, or last pistol. Know, just, oh, God. <laughs> or plasma pistol. It blows up. You take a whole point down. You know, there's so many fun rules you can have with this. Um, so, yeah. So let, let's sort of have a chat through the order phase. Because this is, as you were saying, Palette, this is kind of where it all comes down to when you're you're thinking about how something's going to move, how something's going to you know fire, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Good so, advice is to start thinking in the order phase, not in the shooting phase. <laughs> <laughs> Always think at the start of the turn. Always yes. think at the start of the turn. It's a, it's, good advice. It's a lot of us fall into and not do, but it's always a good to do. <laughs> Seriously, uh, you got four orders. You can give a unit. It's fallback, yep. uh, advance, and first fire. I, no, no, that's on a charge. And charge. Yeah. And depending on which order you're giving, for example, advance and first fire. That's that's pretty basic. Uh, if you give uh, your uh, unit a advance order, it can move a combat speed, and it and it can shoot in the shooting phase, but it has to wait because units with first fire orders shoot before. Yep. So, just as, as an example, you have to decide early, should I move or should I maybe wait to get, grab the objective to get a chance to shoot before? Yeah. Where, do so, I need to get the, where do I need to make the impact? Yes, what yeah. is my a, strategy, a, what is my plan? Yeah. I have a small thing there uh, about yeah. combat speed during uh, the fights. It's mm -hmm. actually six inches, not combat speed, which yeah. doesn't sound like a big difference, but super heavies also only move six inches. 
if they haven't changed anything up since last time I looked at it. That's true. Well, and it also needs to be identified my... that flyers move 18 yeah. on an advanced order. That's important to, to pick up on as well. Because my yeah. glaive just slowed it, slowed down last when we played it. So, <laughs> so we can't fight so the hike, yes, Sarge. <laughs> but that, that's so. a good example because super heavies don't behave like they usually do. Always. Because it, uh, it's also yeah. important to remember they behave like any other unit. Yeah, I mean it's as as Pelle said there. So I mean, there's four charges. So there's first fire. So unit with the first fire order remains stationary throughout the turn. And the unit on the first fire always fires first during the shooting phase. Advanced yes. order, move up to six inches for a vehicle, for a ground-based vehicle, or 18 inches for a flyer. Again, all units on advanced orders move after units on charge, but fire prior to them. So there are specifics with each each rule. So you've got to get, balance all this in your head. A charge unit, uh, unit on charge order can move their full movement allowed and turbo boost if applicable. If they do not turbo boost, they may fire... Uh, last in the shooting phase. Also, this is the only order you can issue if you want to ram, thunder blitz, run, or charge into close combat. So that's very specific. And then you've got fullback. Units of the fullback order must move their full movement, including turbo boost if able to, away from any and all enemy units. Vehicles with the fullback order may not shoot, um, but get a minus one um, modifier for all shots coming in at them. So your opponent gets a minus one, basically, because you're pulling out as fast as possible. Um, sounds like the end of my last date. Um, <laughs> and you will always scatter its full distance in the case of templates. Again, same line. Um, now, there are specific rules for um, units arriving from reserves through deep strike are placed before any counters are placed, and then they can receive orders. Uh, except first fire and full back, so they can basically receive the uh, advance or, or charge orders if that's possible for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other reserve units that are arriving get orders, order counters placed next to them. This could be an order except first fire or full back. Full back. So if you think you've got an outflanking, uh, for some reason you've got an out, a unit coming in, like let's say you've got a Sakaran um, coming in from your back line, comes in. Put, uh, so on the table edge, put an order down next to him so he can only advance or charge when they're coming yeah. in from reserve. So that's, yeah. again, really important to think of that you're not going to come in and get shots off and you won't be falling back because you just arrived, but when to pick the advance or the charge um, order. Now, that's, I mean, that is really sort of the nuts and bolts of the ordering. Uh, did you guys come across any sort of weird or... Um, funny or hairy moments while you were playing the game and going, God, I got the wrong order, or, oh, that worked out nicely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it wasn't the, the bizarre close combat between our dreadnoughts there. <laughs> between my dreadnought and your tank army, and my dreadnought didn't have any arms left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you do your no, I had one dreadnought, and <laughs> your dreadnought didn't have any arms. But no. my dreadnought had two had lost cannons on both arms, so he no, couldn't hurt true. you. Yeah. But you were locked in combat. I can still bite you to death. <laughs> Stand yeah. still! I'm going <laughs> to gnaw through your armor. <laughs> I mean, no, you can't. Uh, uh, important important note there: you can't be locked in combat per the new rules with vehicles. Yeah. Uh, but but just to 
put in some nuggets from our game when I put down orders and we started flipping through them. And I realized I placed the wrong token on the wrong vehicle. That's just take a second and just look at what you place next to your vehicles. Because <laughs> <laughs> it will just ruin your day. So breathe, take a moment, yeah. and then put them down. And then put the right token next to the right tank. That's a good <laughs> idea. Sounds like logical play there, Magnus. <laughs> yeah, no. I guess usually why stuff gets forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, which, which actually, you got it on the head there, Chris, as I was say, which seems like very strange thoughts in thinking, because that never happens <laughs> in <laughs> gameplay. Oh, man. So that's, uh, I mean, there, there are chances of just crazy stuff happening just with the way oh, yeah. um, stuff yeah, rolls out. Definitely. I don't know. Um, I know you talked about Epic, um, but one of the other... Uh, games that I quite enjoyed, which had um, orders and stuff like that, was actually Imperial Aeronautica. Don't know if you guys ever played that one. Um, no, never. Aeronautica Imperialis. That's the one. Yes, the planes. It was, it was a re- it was a really good uh, game actually, but it was. I just got stuck playing the tower, which made me very sad. Yeah, uh, it was also probably not marketed more than once, and then they were surprised that no one bought it. Yeah, it was, it yeah, was a passion much. project from somebody. Um, right, so let's let's start talking about the phases now. As we as we've sort of been implying the whole time, every phase is important. Every phase, I mean, the the order phase is, is key, but every phase then starts playing out in in its order. Um, so when it comes to the movement phase, when we start, when you start, once you've laid down all your and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. Once you've laid down all your um, all of your counters, uh, thank you. Um, then you flip them over, so they're actually secret from the enemy, so they can't uh, see. Is that yeah, right? You you go into the phases and flip the tokens. So if you go to the first phase, yep. Um, so we're looking at or, well, they're, they're actually inverted, which I don't know the actual practical reason for it, but you flip them for the in each. Each sequence. So, first you flip all your fallbacks, both sides. Then you flip all your charges, then all your advances, and then your first fire orders. So, you don't flip them all at once, but per sequence yeah. in the movement phase. Yeah. So, as an example, if you've got 10 tanks out on your army and you've put down, let's say, three fallback orders, two charges, uh, three advances, and two first fire orders, you reveal your three fallbacks first then your two charges, then your three advanced orders, and then your two first fire orders uh, by flipping those tokens over in that sequence. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so as we're looking at that, so you're, uh, you're showing all those. And then, now, this is uh, what's important, important for me because I've not actually played it, and as I'm reading it, I want to be clear. When you flip over those orders, do you perform those orders? In the moment phase, yes. Yes. So if you flip, as soon as you go for your fallbacks, you flip them over, then you move your army, your units to fall back. Correct? Yeah, yes. it's Beautiful. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, okay. That's exactly what I was thinking, but I wanted to make sure I had the, the practical confirmation. Well, because that theoretical. Makes sense. Well, they've done it, so I was going to go <laughs> practical for them. Uh, theoretical for me, <laughs> but I needed the practical confirmation from their side. Um, 
Shut up. I'm not an ultramarine here, okay? Ew. Um, <laughs> sure sounds like it. It's the iron within or without, either way. Um, so, you play each phase, you commit your movements, um, and then at the end of that, once you've got to your first fire um, tokens, and they're all revealed, that's the end of the movement phase, effectively. Yes. Um, now, to go into a bit of detail, because I want to quickly screen through these um, the rules as they're written. So it says, at the start of the movement phase, both players will reveal their fallback orders in the beginning of the first player, moving all their units with fallback orders followed by the opposing player, just like we said. Next, the player reveals their units on charge, and once again, the first player will move all their units followed by the opposing player. So in this game, if Magnus was the first player, he would do his work for his mo- all his specific movements, then Pele would do all of his related to that same order. Um, the same is repeated for the advanced orders. Once all the movement is done, players reveal their first fire counters, and the movement phase is done. Okay, Units that have been locked in close combat may not move unless they are on a fallback order. Uh, an important note is that any hammer of wrath or rams or thunder blitzes are resolved straight away. Uh, when it happens in the movement phase. Hammer of Wrath hits the targets on the armor side that the model is facing. Okay, so yep. because yep. It's, it's effectively it's effectively trying to find a way of, of uh, simulating real time. So you don't wait for the close combat phase because they'll be shooting in a minute and it's quite possible that the target that you just thunder blitzed is about to shoot. And if you know, if you get rammed in the side by anything, it's probably going to annoy your shooting, if nothing else, uh, and potentially screw you up. Um, so that's important. Now, again, little gems with the movement phase. Do you guys have some fun with that, or did, you, did that one come pretty quick, uh, sort of sink in pretty quickly, or? Yeah, well, the yeah. big, the, you, you really start to see the difference in, like, reactions, because since the first or the first player who's turned this mm-hmm. in quotation marks, uh, he gets to move all his units first during the reveals, which makes you a second player can react to it. So even if you had a plan to move your vehicles to a specific spot, uh, your opponent first removes all his stuff, and then you can react to it by moving differently, uh, going into co- uh, better cover or opening up something or one way or the other, which makes the second player actually has the advantage during movement, uh, but then loses it during the firing phase. Cool. Uh, which is, yeah, which makes it a more reactive game uh, than 30k. Nice. So it, it most definitely has the the, the different um, the different sense to it in that at that point. Yeah. Ooh, pretty. I like that. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, okay, then. So shooting phase. So dur- I'm going to go for the rules, and then we'll sort of talk about it a little bit. So during the shooting phase, players will unleash <laughs> or unleash their deadly weaponry on their opponents. Their tanks might shoot as well. Um, starting with units on first fire orders the first fire player the first player will shoot all their units first followed by the opposing player once all units on first fire orders have been shot by both players the players will then sorry the first player will then proceed to fire their units on advanced orders once that's done the opposing player and then repeated for the units in charge orders as well 
Um, units are in close combat are only allowed to fire on the unit they are locked in combat with if they're able to do so uh, to do with their fire arcs and their weapons. Okay, so as you said, you're not uh, immediately locked, but you can go into combat, so you can fire as you're coming in. Vehicles that are on first fire orders, this is really important, vehicles that are on first fire orders may shoot Overwatch with their full BS um, units um, on any other orders may only snap fire. So that's really important to think about. Uh, if you think there's a charge or if you see a charge coming in, do you want to move out of the way? Do you think you've got a chance of putting full fire on and then actually firing at full ballistic skill and maybe taking this thing out that's coming in at you? So there's a, another subtle level of, uh, of play in there, um, which is pretty interesting. So, again, how, how was that? Sort of when you got to got into playing that. Oh, that good, huh? <laughs> yeah. I have to no, think a little bit. It was quite a while ago. No, it's quite, yeah, yes, but... it was back in November actually. Because <laughs> yeah, we don't know this because we've researched. <laughs> uh, there's something interesting during um, this uh, sequence, which is the charge sequence. Uh-huh. Um, like you said, first fire order dooders get to actually go to full ballistic on you, mm-hmm. which is not a really nice, what do you call it, uh, revelation. Fuck! <laughs> uh, <laughs> but did yeah, that happen? So, I think game? it happened with some of yours, but you tried to pull back. Okay. That's just cheating. <laughs> um, no, 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 no! I never fall back. <laughs> but that's that's another thing because you play, when you place all your counters down. If I have a dreadnought in his uh, starting to rock up versus his tanks, and I put a charge order down, and he puts a fallback order on the closest tank, which means he can actually like trash my turn by retreating his tank away from me so I can actually reach him during my charge. So uh, there's another level of it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, that so you, you can, basically cock him a little bit is what you're saying. Yeah, you can screw over your opponent pretty good. Either, so you have to think about it, either he's going to stay or he's going to fall back. But if he stays, he might overwatch you. So, yeah, it's a bit different from... From regular heresy. Cool. And you, you yeah. say you said you had that fun with uh, with uh, Pele actually putting a full back order against. Uh, I think you're right. I never put full back orders on anything. I probably shot him in the face. Uh, <laughs> orders. So lies, damn lies, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's dark. Yes, after all. True. <laughs> but seriously, it's true. You can. It's pretty cool. You can actually lower your opponent's dreadnoughts, maybe. Advance. Yeah. And then fall back. He put charge orders. And uh, he runs up with the dreadnoughts. You can re- do a proper charge. We have to run. And then shooting out. So, that's one way to go. Nice. So there's a lot of back and forth in the, the way it gets played. Yes. And it pulls back and forth. That's pretty cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um... So, hang on, I've got to get the 
There we go. So that's that's sort of really the shoot. That's the shooting phase, and as it sounds like, there is some douchebaggery to be had while um, while tactically, you know, back in the order phase, planning things out and you know seeing what could happen. And, and it, I think it would be. It's always uh, in thirty k at least. It's always a horrible thing when you run up on a unit and suddenly find oh they get to Overwatch at full ballistic skill for whatever reason. Sigh, because <laughs> this is going to suck, because <laughs> the weapons are never never tame, let's be fair. Um, that's, that then, does sound brutal. Just a, just a side note to the shooting phase yeah. uh, to think about is that if you're sitting there scheming and you have your predators or whatever grabbing an objective and you're running up there with the advance or... With the advance orders, and you're planning to fire your sponsors and all, all that jazz from your predators. Yeah. Just remember, his first fire orders will happen before you have a chance to fire. So you might not have any tanks during your advance. <laughs> he may just cut you down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing of it with the tactical bit is. He actually gets to shoot you before you get to shoot him, um, even even though you're simultaneously doing it. Yeah. Um, so a lot can happen. Ah, it sounds like it. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that video just to see how this went with you, because it sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> causing a lot of a lot of trouble, a lot of death and destruction. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, it's, that's, that's always good. I mean, that's why that's you know that's the game after all. It's not like it's uh, it's not a skirmish game or anything yet. Um, <laughs> that was for you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know you wanted. Oh, just shut up. <laughs> no, because my army shoots things. I don't want it to be a skirmish game. I'd lose my number of guns then. Um, okay, so close combat. So. Close combat is conducted exactly the same way as it is in the first edition Heresy rulebook. The only difference is that no vehicles can be locked in combat permanently, and if it is a uh, a walker, uh, and that all ve- even sorry if that's a walker, and all vehicles are allowed to conduct Overwatch as stated above in the shooting phase. A unit can always leave close combat by issuing a fallback order. Okay, so that's really important for this again. Thinking about the orders phase, if you see a charge coming, do you want to run away? Mm. Or if you're in a combat, do you want to fall back? Or do you want to, again, because you're not locked in combat, do you want to charge? Do you think your opponent's going to run away? You know, are you going to try and get a first fire shot in and see if you can get your opponent? Um, you know, there's lots of different things to think about. Um, and they, you personally, I always find that when, when playing 30k, when something's locked in combat, you literally forget about it until the combat phase. That's it, unless somebody's yep. got a template on it. Um, which makes it kind of refreshing that you're literally thinking about everything on the battlefield um, in this way. Uh, I mean, did you guys have any, uh, not to do too many spoilers, but you did mention the, the grind-off earlier <laughs> between the dreadnoughts. Uh, did between have... two dreadnoughts who couldn't hurt each other. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, you know, training Vox insults and trying to topo <laughs> each other in the nads. Uh, did you have any other interesting combats at all that you, you kind of share some light on? I don't well, think there were pretty much my nice ready without his both his arms because you shot him off before he got to you, so he just wandered around trying to headbutt stuff. 
<laughs> but I do think I shot off your arm during the um, Overwatch. Yeah, you probably did with Spartan or something. You swooned him as he came in, did you? Yes. Mm. I was pretty surprised that Dreadnought. I'm gonna kill you! <laughs> Boom! Oh no, my arms! <laughs> he, was the black, he was exactly like the Black Knight. He's but a scratch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, shall, I shall kick you into submission. Come back here, you knave. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you should really be being dark angels in your color scheme. You should really paint them up like just just do a black knight dreadnought. That would be so funny. Yeah. Uh, if I get an old contemptor chassis somewhere, I'll do one for you because that would be fun. <laughs> um, oh, this. Oh, we should right next year when we do this. We're having a tis but a scratch award. Um, <laughs> it's too good not to have, um, which would be awesome. Um, you just need then, a fully magnetized contemptor then. Yeah. Yes. Remove arms and legs. Both. Yeah, but with let's yeah. let's be fair with the. Uh, with the betrayal account, that's only like four points. Uh, so have, then you would actually have to cut apart the entire leg setup. <laughs> yeah, it's too I'm just getting it's screw that. I'm just getting resin. Be far easier, wouldn't it? Um, yep. <laughs> screw that. <laughs> yeah, that was too much like hard work. Um, then we sort of roll. We roll into the end phase. So all order counters are removed. Victory conditions are checked. The first player status is handed over to the opposing player, uh, hopefully politely. Otherwise, you might want to stab the person in the face with whatever you're using as an objective. There's a marker for first player, so, you know, use something soft like a, a plushie or a kitchen knife to take a pick. Um, and then in Armored Warfare, uh, this is this is important because there are there's, there's two missions currently available. Um there's one in the rule set, and there is a further one in the Fields of Magera box of a file, I believe, um, for Armored Warfare. And you can have objectives playing in this game. Now, in Armored Warfare, a unit can contest an object- objective Excuse me, if it's within six inches of it. Both players resolve repairs, and it will not die rolls, um, starting with the first player in the end phase as well. So this is this is basically where everybody sort of tries to take a breath and put themselves back together um, before going at it again and screaming and, and charging off the dreadnought with no arms and just trying to hit you in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that in and of itself is the overview of the armored warfare. It's actually, when you think about it, relatively simple. There is a lot of tactical thinking involved. And it's a different way of playing the game of 30k, yes. um, and it's it's a lot of fun because I have to say I did look at I did watch the stream when it was up. It was a lot of fun to watch, um, and you know we're we're going to briefly sort of wander in and start talking about armies and stuff like that, and just have a, a bit of a discussion around the armies. A lot of this you can actually read through. But Jens, did you? What was your overall? Give us some overall experiences and thoughts about playing the Armored Warfare, and then just give us a quick run through of what the lists were that you, if you can remember, that is roughly what the lists were you took into the the games you the game you played. Well, first thing, it's fast and it's bloody. Uh huh. So I don't think the battle on this event is going to be very long in time. So it's going to be over in an hour because. If I rem- remember correctly, Magnus, you and I played roughly 3,000 points, something. A little bit yep. more, maybe. And it was a lot of bullshit and 
joking and laughing, but I think the actual game was more than an hour. An hour and a half, maybe, but with, with recording and yeah. yeah. So it's it is fast. It's going to happen things fast, and and you are going to probably to make mistakes with these counters orders. Yeah, and the first game is gonna be. All sorts Fundamental of to learn. <laughs> Maybe the second and the third you learn something and take it a bit slower. But yeah. it is fast, very fast and very bloody. You think just die immediately. Yeah. Depending on what guns you bring, of course. But uh, sure, bring your last cannons, not your auto cannons. <laughs> Unless you're expecting no. lots of, you know, skimmers and oh, maybe, like, okay. armored rhinos or something. <laughs> Uh, speaking of armies, I think I brought, I got the Predator for HQ, yep. Daka, with heavy bolters and outer cannons. <laughs> this sounds and like the whole bring your last cannons. It's something from experience there, Pelle. Yes! <laughs> I've not had an animal to be a HQ. I don't, I'm sorry, he's going to be there next week too. And, and for some reason, the Predator Annihilator isn't invented yet. Maybe. No, for some odd reason. Yeah. Putting yes. two, two, a twilling class cannon in the turret is too hard, apparently. They invented it after this battle, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we need more last cannon. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. Uh, for troops, I have one land raider, standard, stock standard, and three rhinos. <sighs> I mean, they grabbed an objective, actually, so they're pretty yep. good. And then a Spartan, stock standard, um, a Medusa, um, Falcon, mm-hmm. uh, of Dread with Lost Cannons, of course, uh, three Windicator Laser Destroyer. And do I have something else painted? I don't think so. Help me out, Minus. What did I bring? I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah, there's three Vindicator Destroyers that got damn Spartan. <laughs> <laughs> and the Land Raider. And your Rhino's hiding up there with the Predator. The, the Falchion. Um, there we are, the Falchion. Yeah. I think it was it. Maybe that was it. Was it. Maybe we only rolled like 2,000 points. I'm trying to count it in my head. Oh. That's probably two, ah. two and a half thousand points. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we took what we had. That was painted just to try it out. Um, yeah, and I uh, had uh, three predators with all the cannons and last cannon sponsors, uh, two laser destroyers, uh, a uh, two mortars dreadnoughts. No, one mortars dreadnought and one regular contemptor with the power fist. The one that's Rocked up with him, or rocked yeah. up with the Pellas Dreadnought. And then I had a Leviathan Dreadnought, uh, the knight, the Black Knight. Yes. we dubbed him later on. Um, and ever be known as. <laughs> this worthless piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mentioned two laser destroyers, yeah. A Sikar Inventor. And the glaive. Yeah, I was think that was it, yeah. Very, very cool. 
So that and that that gave you a good fun. You know, yeah. Oh, okay. We, yeah, I was gonna say we've got. I was about to say two hours, but no, it's not really that long. But we've got two hours worth of recording, uh, <laughs> which is you know going to be banter and bullshit in there as well. So oh, there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of fun there for everybody to sort of go through um, and actually enjoy watching the game being played, which is a strong recommendation, especially if you're coming to the event or even thinking about coming to the event, so you can sort of follow up or again, if you want to have a go at the. Um, at the rules themselves, just use it as an instructor, as a tutorial of what to do, and maybe also not what to, what not to do. Um, yep. Having not, not not seen it in a while, I'm, I'm not judging either way. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you'll know how not to sit on the fence, um, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else. Um, now, I think it's it's important to just to just very quickly sort of touch on a couple of the pieces from the rule book. As I said, I don't want to go into a full breakdown of every list because you really should go in there and have a look at it yourselves uh, but we can have a look at the tutorial mission which I think is, is worth having a look at but the, the one of the most important things is when you're sort of building your army um, for an uh, it says for armoured warfare um, you use the Age of Darkness Force organisation chart um, so that is HQ, the Crusade um, uh, Force Org is what we're talking about so one um, HQ two troop, um, and in the HQ slot, you'll be able to give one vehicle um, uh, or upgrade one vehicle to a warlord tank by increasing the points cost of twenty five points. It gives them plus one ballistic skill and tank hunter. This is unless you, you're playing a solar auxilia force, Thank because you they are using their standard tank commander instead. Yes. And it's a great way of, especially if you're playing narrative games like we are with our narrative series, taking a, a character from a previous event and still making him relevant and part of the story. Um, rather, than, or if you want to take it and farm it out to a, a lieutenant, maybe that could be pretty cool. You know, a diff, different part of the overall army, but it, it gives a nice way of tying that together with the stories um, that we all like to sort of um, put together and tell. Um, Roughly, there's a good. There's at least, I would say, there's at least, at least one or two choices. Uh, I think, like we said, that the, the um, Solar Orcs literally has the one HQ option, um, but that is because it exists. Uh, a couple of other options. It felt uh, the wrong not to include that option when there's actual, an actual tank commander. Yeah, no, definitely, and it, it's it's more of a case that we didn't we decided not to add in a couple of other tanks uh, and do it that way. So right, this is actually how they fight the war. Yep. This is how we're going to go and, for it. Uh, that tank commander follows the rules for tank commanders as listed in the Solarxilia Solar list. Yeah. In, wi- mean, in, in which, which, which of the tanks it can go in and so on. Yeah. I mean, you, you'll see a lot of it equates to like the um, armor breakthrough list and everything. So it's not far from the game itself. Um, it just how some of the some of the units in there. But again, worth going to have a look at uh, and reading up on your army. And how they're put together. Should we perhaps have a little note about uh, the custodes here? Yeah, let's do that. Well, one of the, well, there are basically two reasons why they are not in this pack. And one is that they're not in our event series at this point. True. Because the custodes are not on the planet. Because they're currently fighting demons in the webway. So, or getting, getting back from... Um, you know, telling somebody they did nothing wrong with extreme prejudice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they should be back now, so unless they got lost. But 
Which is possible. Yeah. <laughs> the other side is that the customs vehicles that they have, and we're only talking about the customs because, as in the previous event, technically, Sister of Battle, oh, that's not true, <laughs> Sister of Silence were allowed, but the tanks they have are not in this pack either. But that's more more because we didn't really know where to put them. Yeah. Because we didn't allow custodes because they're really, really hard to balance in this kind of game, given their, the tanks they got. Yeah. I think it's no. just as, if nothing else, uh, outside of our particular event that we're running, if you want to come up with a house rule for this stuff and find a way of making it work, maybe it's as allies with like a, a tax on them, like say 25%, 20-25%, which I've seen a lot of recently when it comes to custodes, or just saying that, you know, a loyalist armies can bring in sisters um, tr- tanks in the relevant slot to where they fit in the army list. House rule something if it makes it work for you. Um, and to be fair, we'd be really interested to see how that went. Um, so drop Definitely. us an email with, the, with your uh, feedback to the Heresy at gmail.com because we really would like to see how this um, actually works. And if you feel that you know, when you look at the list, nothing's ever perfect. We're on what, version 1.6 already. Have a look at it, and if you think there's something missing, let us know, and you know, we can happily look into it, and for our rules, possibly update it. But again, for your own version, house rule it and have some fun. That's the important bit, is all about having fun when you're playing it. Um, and if you want to, well, send us, send us what you got if you do test out the custodes, send us in the data. If you do use this for a gaming weekend or just events with your friends, send us that as well because we're always interested to see it. Yes, we are. Very much so. Now, uh, before we sort of start wrapping up, I'd like to just quickly go through the tutorial mission and then very specifically for the event we have coming up, there are event special rules. So we need to go through them as well. Um, so we want to sort of quickly go through those. Uh, but again, this is a, a, an existing player pack. The Armored Warfare rules, you use it as part of the player pack. You can download it and the information is there if you're coming to the event. There is also, for you that not coming or you want to try it out before, there is a mission, an extra mission in that same folder where the player or the Armored Rules set this. Okay. Yeah. And it's actually a really good, fun one. Um, and so we're just going to quickly go through the tutorial mission. Now, I think this is the one you guys played. I'm not yes, sure. Yes, I think so. Yeah, with the. Six objectives. Yep. Yep. So this this is um, this has a particular type of uh, deployment method, which is the escalating strike deployment. Both players take turns placing six objectives on the table. No objective can be closer than eight inches from the table edge or another objective. You roll off. The winner may choose to deploy first or second. Half of the player units must be placed in reserves, rounding up. And the player deploys first, selects their deployment zone, and then deploys the first unit. Each player then takes it in turn to place units until they have none left. So again, it's a you-go-I-go with deployment as well. Now, first turn, both players roll the dice. Highest scoring chooses whether they are first player, and whoever deployed their models first receives a plus one um, on the roll. Kind of like the old, um, I think it was like Necromunda or whatever it was, where you used to get the, the plus one roll for deployment if you finished. Um, Isn't that War Monster or something? Was it War Monster? I can never remember. It's one of the older games, but I really like it because it's kind of fun. Um, Isn't it A Thread? Ha 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 ha. 
Um, and then the game is, is set to last six turns. So the primary objective is at the end of the game, the players will score one victory point for each of the enemy units they've destroyed. Players will score three victory points for the objectives held in the no man's land. Um, and that's all part of the table deployment, which is on the deployment map. Five victory points if you uh, for the objectives held in your opponent's deployment zone and one for the objective held in your own deployment zone. So this is very much about going forward and trying to claim ground um, and really sort of do what tank warfare was all about, claiming, making an impact and claiming large swathes of land um, for armies to advance in behind. Uh, there are secondary objectives, slay the warlord, price of failure and line breaker. So all good. There is a, a reserve a mission special rule on here. And this is the, um, I can never remember the deployment type, but it's the triangular deployment on the short edges going into the middle with a 24-inch gap between the players. Um, now, this is played, a one-on-one -on -one game is played on a six-foot-by-four-foot table. Uh, a What we're aiming for from Megara, if I remember rightly, is eight-by-six. Six by eight, sorry, yeah, six by eight. So it's going to be a lot bigger because of the bigger armies. Now, escalating strike deployment uh, map divides the table um, into the two equal triangles, as it's shown, with the no man's land. For escalating strike battles, a player's table edge is a short edge, and they come. you come on via normal reserves. So it's just the initial punch and the armor then starting to roll in behind. So it's a nice, simple set, uh, a simple, themey, Armoured Warfare style fight. Um, again, like uh, mentioned earlier on, in the actual um, rule set here, uh, Freddie has produced, uh, provided a number of uh, images for tokens and first player marker, which you can uh, either create for yourself or feel free to use the ones provided here. Um, and that is the sort of tutorial mission, which... Again, you get to watch by having a look at the, the work these guys have done, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a great way to sort of wrap up the what Armor Warfare is. Uh, we need to talk about the event special rules, though. Now, this is primarily for, this is for Fields of Megara. Um, now, we've gone through the majority of how the, um, the armies are created. And again, that is something you need to read up on. Um, it also states what the Lord of War slots can be in this. Now, what is important uh, for all people taking part is that in our event series this year, we have um, something we like to call the, uh, what is it, the Forgotten... Uh, forgotten forgotten units. units. Yeah, the Forgotten Units. Now, the, it's, it is literally the Forgotten Unit Special Rule. Now, this is something we're bringing in because we're big fans of hobby and seeing new things out on the gaming table. So um, we did this again with uh, Amorion. We'll be doing it with uh, the next events as we go along. Um, the, each event will have a, a unit or units available, available to each uh, faction uh, for free with a degree of... Um, caveats around them. So, as an example, uh, last event for the legions, Legion units, they could have a basic five-man destroyer unit for free. If they wanted to upgrade it, they had to use the uh, the points from their 
points total for the event to upgrade it. So if you wanted to have rad missiles or anything on top of the stock models, that came out of your points total because we just don't see destroyers out there. And to be fair, everyone had a brilliant time with them. They caused some serious trouble, and it was a great time. Now, Chris, uh, I believe you were sort of working with Freddie on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, would you take us through the units that we've got for the forgotten units for this event? Do you have them in front of you? Well, you got the for, for Legion list. It's a standard Legion whirlwind without upgrades, but you can switch out the missiles, which is good because you might need, oh, yeah. a, need a Hyperius instead. Quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Mechanicum, it's an ordinary Doctor Artillery tank, the standard one. And it, it, you can switch out the missiles with this one because it's a, basically a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. You got uh, for the militia, I think both the militia and the solar auxilia. It's uh, the the Cantor carrier squadrons. Correct. That yeah. We decided to include, but uh, yeah, if you can't get hold of Cantors, uh, it might be well. Can, in game, you can probably replace them with if you might bought a new Aurochs and painted that one up, but that won't won't be in the painting challenge part of this. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that we will be uh, we we are looking at the hobbying skills, so we want to see people painting their own units, these forgotten units up, their own work, making it look absolutely gorgeous, and there will be uh, recognition for that at the event, as we did uh, for the last one, and that went out to Philip Rosberg, who picked up the um, the best forgotten unit for his unit of Alpha Legion or Imperial Fist stroke Alpha Legion um, uh, destroyers, nice. which looked gorgeous. And the same uh, rules applies to the free units. In the free aspect, as it's the base base tank, basically. Yeah. There are two Kentars because they're worth like forty five points. Yep. But you can you can upgrade them if you want to within with your own army points. Mm-hmm. But for the, the the leading one and the mechanical one, you can switch out for the Hyperius battery for free. Which because is very awesome. <laughs> it, it's also that's how it's written in the regular rules, but I want to make sure that people know that it is still like that in these rooms. Awesome. Well done, Chris. That is that, I mean, that does make a difference when you're thinking about whether you're going to take it or not, make the use of it, because it does it does add some stuff in there where you want to allocate points. Um, Get now, some free anti-air. Exactly, which is always useful if you don't <laughs> take any um, or, or don't happen to have a Daradeo or something to uh, act as anti-air options. Or you might um, want to use your dreadnoughts in another way. Then you just them shooting the sky. Or you might to do might want to do what Bjorn does and uses Linda Vindicator laser destroyers to snapshot my <laughs> fucking cestus out of the air. Ass. That's Sorry. just more about you than anyone else. It does. It does. I can't jink for shit. Um, <laughs> 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 that, that explains my yeah, that explains so much in life. Anyway, um there is one last special rule which is important. Now this is a fun one. This is the Panzer Ace special rule. So the tank ace. Um now, it is a race by the opposing forces to gain control of the vast areas of the planet and the tactically important um, areas of the fields themselves. Now, the focus is to break out and take ground. So as part of this series, a player field the same warlord as they did in the Sultan of Morian event. Um, 
as we said earlier, by now he's you know riding in a vehicle, looking at boss, swinging out the top hatch, going draw me closer so I can hit them with my insert power weapon option or whatever he took last time. Uh, although that doesn't particularly happen. Um, and you provide a short background story. The player will gain the following rule for his warlord vehicle. Now you have gung ho for the. And this is the loyalist only. So if you've done all that, you get the gung-ho special rule. So when the warlord shoots at an enemy that is within 12 inches, he may re-roll all, may re-roll all misses. That could suck. (laughs) (laughs) The the traitors have crack shot. Um, And then when the warlord shoots at an enemy outside of 12 inches, he may re-roll all, and this again, re-roll all misses. So it's, yeah, (laughs) it's all about 12 inches, it seems. Um, And these are the important, the important rules. Now that you do need to be fielding the same guy. And we do want a little bit of a story for that. A couple of sentences will be fine as long as it adds a little bit of background to him. And how, and how is, how is a trek through the, the campaign of uh, the assault, the uh, assault on the militia is going. Um, He gets those funky special rules. So, by the sounds of it, just by your reactions, guys, might be worth doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna, that, yeah, that, that's gonna be good. Um, so that is uh, the last special rule for that event. Now, um, I think that's a really good place to sort of wrap it up. Um, however, Chris, is there anything that I might have missed that you've caught that we need to to mention here, buddy? Um, not actually, not. Uh... Anything I can, yeah, you know. I'm going to take that as a win for once. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sorry, but it's starting to get a bit warm in the room I'm in. <laughs> so. Okay, well, in my case, there's a first time for everything, so I'm claiming that. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what the room's like, I'm claiming it for myself. Uh, Magnus and Pella, any, any tips you can give the guys who and yourselves who will be at the event, any tips you can give out uh, when it comes to putting your army together or uh, the gameplay in and of itself? Watch the game and uh, learn from our mistake. <laughs> Watch the game, learn how it went wrong. Yes, yeah. definitely. And, got sacrifice worth it. and if you got any questions, send them into the podcast via Facebook, preferably because it's the quickest way to reply to this. Yes, very much so. And it might also be that the question you have asked, uh, asked is something that we have been asked quite recently. So. Yeah. so we could probably get back to you pretty quickly yeah. and uh, really get that sorted for you. Uh, but it's going to be an awesome event. Sadly, I won't be there um, because it's just not going to happen for me this time, which I'm rather disappointed about. But I am very much looking forward to the next one because I'm slowly building up my tank army for it. Um, so there will be a large amount of Iron Warrior army armor ready for the next one of these. Um, and potentially, I don't know, maybe the Tormentor. I can find a way of getting it in there, Chris. Yeah. Um, but uh, then you need, really, really need to send a gun for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm working on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> i got to find it, man. It's in here somewhere. Um, that's, that's what I always say. Because I can um, technically, technically build you three uh, three Bane Blades or something, but I can't build a Tormentor because I don't have the gun for it. Yeah, true. There are a fair few bits of Bane Blade in that box, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, um, three, three hulls, but not three crack units. Oh, well, that's terrain for something, I think, if you... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that off-air. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, other than that, 
I'd like to say thank you guys for coming on, Pella and, and Magnus, and being part of this and giving your thoughts and experiences and for being being the test bunnies for this one. Um, and you can see these, <laughs> guys, these guys live and gloriously in Technicolor or, or Facebook colour or whatever you want to call it, um, whilst we watch you through your webcams uh, via the link that we're going to send out with this and repost on our Facebook page uh, because it is very well worth the watch. And, yeah, I think that's been a fantastic run-through. I'm very much looking forward to hearing all the stories about the event and everybody having had lots of fun and blown stuff up and done crazy things. And who knows, there may be the return of the Black Knight. We'll have to see. Again. Oh, he, he might show up. It would be amazeballs if he does, I have to say. Um, so, other than that, um, we're going to wrap this on up now, and we're going to head out to a song, and we will come back with our wrap-up right after this. you to tell the truth most dire. There lurks a traitor in our midst who has invoked the captain's ire. Don't deserve no mercy. We ought to shoot him with a gun. But I am not an evil man. So first let's have a little fun. We'll tie that scoundrel to a rope and throw him overboard. Strap him underneath the ship. A terrifying deadly trip. Send him down to the depths below Make that bastard walk the plank With a bottle of rum and a yo-ho-ho Kill all that filthy land Offer, send him down to the depths below Make that bastard walk the plank 
And we're back. And a massive thank you to Magnus and Pella for coming on and talking about all things tank and armoured warfare. As you can see, there are some serious fun to be had. Lots of crazy um, possibilities for stupid stories and narratives and stuff like that. Um, there's a whole world of opportunity and fun in there. Um, and yeah, Magnus did nothing wrong, but maybe he did for once. <laughs> Oops. Um, but we know the details and we're not going to share them because that, that's, that's too much. Um, <laughs> but it was rather fun, wasn't it, Chris, to be fair? Yeah. It really was. Um, right. Okay. Well, we're going to do a very short wrap up today. Um, basically, because this is an event episode, we want you to listen to the main part of the event episode, take a look at the event page and go and have a look and possibly come along to the event. It would be awesome to see you. Yeah. Um, and if you want to check out uh, all of the events across the world, there's yep. the little page that's uh, the 30K Global Event Calendar, and that's linked in uh, our show notes as well. Awesome. And if you want to see what events we're doing, you want information about what's in them, how to get involved, what they're going to cost, go to our Facebook page, which is the Frontier Heresy Podcast, go on to the and click on the events section, and then in the events section, have a look. And click on the event you're interested in and the information's there. And like we said, if you've got any questions, drop us an email. If you've got any uh, questions you want answered really quickly, drop us a message on Facebook um, or vice versa, whichever you feel is, is better for you. And get in touch so that we can uh, actually work, help you out and see what's going on. But it's going to be less than five days, I think, till this event. We'd love to see more people come along, have a lot of fun, even if you're coming to visit. Come along and visit. Say hi to the guys. Meet Freddie. Meet Magnus. Possibly meet Chris. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it, buddy, or... I hope so. So That would be pretty cool. I meet all the other guys who are playing as part of the event series. We're going to have a blast. As I said before, I sadly won't be there, but um, I will be at the next event, which should be the, the uh, hobby camp for me. And then we have uh, Trebizond, the, for the, the Forges of Chaldea. Yeah, and uh, just... The simplest way to say this is our basically our standard game event. Yes. It will still be, uh, well, Freddy will probably have his hand on on it, in it, around it, <laughs> deep, deep to the elbow. Yeah, <laughs> for good or bad, but usually good because yeah, not, always for fun. Yeah, and uh, Byzantia, which is the event at Scandus where everything wraps up this year, basically. Oh, that's gonna be that's just massive. That's, that's going to be off the hook. That's going to be so many shades of crazy. And, you know, all the work that Magnus is putting into the terrain and all the stuff that's been put into it. It's, it's, it's just uh, gluing styrene bits together <laughs> and painting them. You know that. Yeah, but we did it before they did. <laughs> Probably started before they did because <laughs> the, ba yeah, the, ba the barrel didn't even manage to finish that. But... <laughs> No, I know. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. But no, enough we're, about no seriously, that. enough about that because that's a rabbit hole. We'll say for the next episode. I'm just going uh, to say one thing. It wasn't the Heresy event. Greg oh, Dan no. ran the Heresy event. And the Heresy event had great looking armies and great looking terrain. Yeah, I have to say massive kudos to uh, to you, Greg, for doing a fantastic job and all the guys that helped out in one, one, any way, shape, or form with the event around there. I know Greg would probably have, would have appreciated it. And you did the hobby proud. Um, and yeah, I feel bad for the guys who, who took part where it all went wrong, but you know, at the end of the day, vote with your feet, vote with your voices and, you know, have fun playing, playing there again, hopefully next year at a better event. Who knows? Otherwise come play 30 K and come over to us. 
Come yeah. over and see some heresy in Sweden because we do crazy shit and it's fun yeah. and we come, have paid terrain. Come to Sweden. Bring your armies that were left out, out in the cold when the old will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can be, I'm sure we can find some ca- casual Warhammer being played at, at our events if nothing else. Even if it's an evening game or something, it'll be yeah. fun. As long as it's prepared for in advance, there will be armies brought, so that's yeah. no problem. But that being the case, then, I'm going to say we're going to knock this one on the head and I'm going to say it's a good night from me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30k. Be angry on in the streets, be fulgrim in the cheats, and try not to lose your head. This is the Vranjian Heresy Podcast, signing off. And remember, kids, tune in next week. Same Lex time, same Lex channel.